I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. The House Theater of Chicago is known for its original, epic storytelling. Hubbard Street Dance is known as a major force in contemporary dance. Like all arts organizations, they've been hit hard by the pandemic. But they've both taken this time to find new artistic directors to guide them out of this dark time and back to their missions of presenting challenging works, giving opportunities to young creatives, and partnering with the community to make Chicago an even better place to live. Here to tell us more about who they are and the future of their organizations are Lanise Antoine Shelley of House Theater and Linda Denise Fisher Harrell of Hubbard Street Dance. Welcome to you both. Hello. Thank you, Sasha. Thanks for having us. All right. So I would love to learn more about each of you. You've got some very interesting backstories. I'll start with you, Lanise. We can throw out some big names for you, like Harvard and Oxford and Goodman and Steppenwolf. And you've been in Chicago for a while. Tell us about your journey to this moment. Well, it's been a long time coming, and I did not foresee that I would be an artistic director at this juncture just simply because I had momentum as an actor and a director. But when the company member, Erica Radcliffe, gave me a call last November, she wanted me to put my name in for consideration. And she listed off all the ways that I have experience that is equivalent to the house's dedication to playfulness, discovery, devised work. With my 10 years plus uh, just experience with Looking Glass Theater and working as assistant director with David Schwimmer um, on Plantation and learning how to build a play from the ground up, I knew that I could actually pull this off. So I started my investigative work and uh, I began to realize that I had more in common with the house than not. Mm-hmm. And um, as a dancer, as someone who's had a global experience, I knew that I had a lot to contribute to, to the house and to uh, bring it into a more diverse, inclusive era. You talked about jumping back and forth between acting and directing. What made you direct? Well, I have an undergraduate degree in acting, playwright, and directing. And I haven't activated my directing at all uh, up until graduate school, and I was given the opportunity to assist and direct the Snow Queen um, at ART, and I loved it. I think if done right, some of the best directors come from acting, and so I just wanted to become the director that I always wanted, (laughs) to be honest, and so um, directing is a great way to to really exact my vision and to play and to um, write as well and to find a deeper level of collaboration that acting does not afford. And you've done some TV. You've done, uh, you've appeared on Empire, Chicago Fire, Chicago mm-hmm. Med. Talk mm-hmm. about acting for TV versus acting for the stage. Well, it's very different, as you can imagine. Um, acting for the stage, there, there is this this moment, and you have to show up for just this moment. There's no cut, there's no redo, none of that that you get with on-camera acting. And so both have their challenges, and both are um, have their strong pros as well. I definitely have a deep-rooted love for the stage and always will, even though obviously acting for the camera is way more lucrative than mm-hmm. stage, so that's appealing. But I try to just straddle both realms because there's benefits to both that I find to be uh, fulfilling. Linda, Denise, let's let's talk to you now because uh, you've got some mighty big names in your past. 
as well. Uh, <laughs> Lou Conti, the founder of Hubbard Street, he was blown away when he saw you as a 19-year-old dancer. Uh, Juilliard, Alvin Ailey, uh, Judith Jameson. You've also spent a lot of time as an educator and a mentor. So tell us, what are some of the defining moments that you think brought you back to Chicago after all these years? Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. And while I was attending the Juilliard School, I auditioned for Harbor Street Dance Chicago. And Lou Conti invited me into the company, like you said, when I was 19 years old. So that was my first professional dance experience. And it's so crazy to come full circle and to come back mm-hmm. as the artistic director. But in the interim between Juilliard and now, um, I did perform with Hubbard Street. I danced with them for three years. And then I went on to become a principal dancer with the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater for 13 years under the direction of the incomparable Judah Jamison. And that's a whole conversation in and of itself. Um, I was a <laughs> right. professor just recently uh, for 16 years at Towson University, where I taught ballet and modern techniques. I curated the Towson University Dance Company. I presented Ailey 2 in a residency for 10 years straight. And I also started Ailey Camp Baltimore at Towson University, a camp that serves underserved middle school children from 11 to 14 years old. And so I feel like from starting my own programs to performing and curating and coaching, all of those capabilities and honing all those capabilities have brought me full circle to leading this incredible institution that I have such a huge passion for. Yeah, talk about leading a show. So as you know, a principal dancer versus you know mm-hmm. leading a company now. What are you drawing well, from? First of all, well, you know, I, I've been in it, and I've been in companies who are very skilled at presenting work, and so that's a jewel in and of itself. And when you're performing, it's more of a, you're just thinking of yourself and what your task is, right? And then when you're leading an entire company, you're thinking about the entire organism in and of itself. And because I've done all of those factions during my career, I have a sensitivity about marketing and production and rehearsal and costume design and all those things that go into the performance and also in coaching excellent dancers. That's what I've been doing almost every day. So I have skills in all of those areas. So, Lenise, tell me what this pandemic year has been like for you. Well, oddly, it's been the most productive year of my life. As soon as we were mandated to stay home, I had to close a show at Goodman Theater. I was in Schoolgirls African Mean Girls. And we closed three days before opening. I just started on various projects at home, like everyone else. I think everyone became a horticulturist, just (laughs) collecting plants and and repotting them and propagation and all of that that I had no idea I'd ever be interested in. And then I started a play reading group where we read plays every week and would just give ourselves an opportunity to to bond and create and and to really get our hands on text, which was something that was not going to be promised for a long, long time. And then I started to activate myself in the adoption community because I was adopted from Haiti at the age of four. And I, along with everyone else, just observing the, the social unrest, was asking myself, how can I engage in this moment 
and in the interracial adoption community, I knew that there were a lot of adoptees such as myself Mm -hmm. who could not go home to their families and say, let's talk about race. And have you experienced this? Because my whole family is white. And so I presented a PSA for the U.S. Foundation for the Foundation of Haiti and then started a panel series that uh, focused on identity, family, biological families. And that took off on Facebook. We had over 9,000 views. And then it uh, evolved to my podcast now, When They Were Young, Amplifying Voices of Adoptees. That's available on every platform, just to give adoptees uh, an opportunity to, to voice their narrative the way that they want to, the way that they deem fit. That's a full plate, to say, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> so, so now you need to hit the ground running. And this goes for both of you, right? Uh, you are planning for the future when you have no idea when audience can, <laughs> audiences can actually come back and, and what that's going to even look like. So, Linda, Denise, what are the first things you're working on? And then I'd I'd love to hear from you as well, Denise. The funny thing about COVID is it's really shown us how ridiculous plans are. (laughs) You can plan anything, right? Yes. And COVID has shown us like, oh, yeah, you can plan all you want, but we're going to shake all that up. So, like you said, we don't know exactly when audiences can come back, but we can be ready for when they are. So I'm, I'm working with my team on structuring which choreographers we want to bring in and how we want to interface with our audiences because COVID has taught us that, you know, in the Zoom world, we can actually touch more people within the community, the Chicago dance community and the international community as a whole as well. So we want to see how we want to keep those elements together And also, we want to find out how we can get a new building and a new temporary home. As everyone knows, we we did lose our building. So rebuilding all of that and that pathway forward has also um, been on our plate as well. What about you, Lanise? What are the first things you think you're going to work on? I'm looking at the virtual world, just like everyone else. We're trying to figure out how to bring content to the audiences that are eager to see what the house does next. Uh, I literally just had a meeting this morning of possibly bringing a a film aspect to our shows. And so um, we are looking to engage the audience in a new way and and kind of follow the throng when it comes to uh, virtual readings, virtual productions, those sort of things. And then we're crossing our fingers for our 2022 live run. So we're exploring all of the options right now and and hoping that 2022 will help us launch in a way that we're used to. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that you've both talked about the importance of making House and Hubbard Street part of the Chicago community, right? What what does that mean to you? And how do you make that happen? Uh, Linda D., you start. Yeah, well, first of all, the Chicago dance community is huge. You can go anywhere in Chicago and take a fantastic class. Everyone knows everyone. And I feel like within the virtual space, we're actually able to share more. We were actually able to um, collaborate with other Chicago-based companies. And so how do you do that when we're back in person? You know, I think we're, we're looking at our schedule looking forward and seeing how we can connect 
with various communities that we might not have done before COVID. Mm -hmm. So we're really serious about working on that. What about you, Louise? Mm. Well, it sounds like Hubbard is, is leagues ahead of us in having history with collaborations with Chicago theaters and uh, creatives. And this is something that the House is going to really commit to um, looking forward. I am looking to collaborate with artists that are prolific already in Chicago and bringing them to the forefront and uh, creating conversations with regional theaters about virtual collaborations and really amping up our engagement in what everyone else is doing and possibly seeing how we can support them in this venture because we're all in this together. All right. So I want to have a bit of a sister chat with you two, right? Let's have some real talk for a second because I want to get into this idea of being a black woman, running the show, Mm. taking over from a well-known, much-loved white guy. I, 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 know, I know a thing or two about it. And so, <laughs> wink, wink to my reset audience. Uh, but talk about what that's been like for you. Or, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the pressure that comes along with it. Linise, you want to jump in first? Sure, sure. Yes, there is pressure indeed. I had to make peace with the fact that I am not him. And, mm, amen. and I think <laughs> that he's everyone else. <laughs> You know, because those who are stuck on what he created, um, who are still best friends with him, who are still passionate about the house and want to be involved, they need to let any kind of modicum of thinking that I would emulate anything that he did. Because if they wanted that to be true, they could have at least hired a male, (laughs) at the very least. But they didn't do that. They hired a Haitian female, cis female. And so I've made peace with the fact that I will never strive to be who he was, and I will never uh, create the way that he created, and I will bring to the table my conditioning, my vision, yes. and my artistry, and that will be more than okay. Making your and own so mark. And so I'm Amen. really reprogramming the, the company, the affiliate, to prepare themselves for that. Yeah. Linda, Denise, what, what do you think? Awesome. And, and is this, are these expectations unfair, would you say? Well, I mean, here's how I feel. I mean, I'm a part of the Hubbard Street legacy. I used to be a member of the company. So I'm in the fabric. I'm in the fabric of its legacy. And I feel like I stand mm. on my predecessor's shoulders, right? But they hired me. <laughs> So um, the vision moving forward, I do have the legacy of the company in mind, but I'm my own person, Mm -hmm. my own unique individual. I have my own way of doing things. I have my own personality. And I think that's what drew me to the Hubbard Street Selection Committee, you know, that I see things uniquely as myself, you know, and I can't try to emulate. I can't try to... Mm copy anything i can't even try to do that i'm too old to do that (laughs) so (laughs) i think i think they know that and i feel welcome in my vision and crafting my vision and taking it forward and and i feel like the hubbard street family has really empowered me that way even this early on well you know who else Mm -hmm. has has empowered you linda denise is 
that family of yours that you have at home? You got a husband and three kids, oh right? Oh my God. Yeah. So I have a husband and I have a 29 year old, a 27 year old and a 13 year old. <laughs> so I couldn't have done any of this without their support, like applying for the job. I asked everybody, what do you think? What do you, and they have been nothing less than a cheering squad the entire time. So I can't tell you how that elevates me to what I'm doing each day. It's like, mom, we got you. We're with you. We support you. We love you. You can do this. And I tell you, there's no better feeling. What about oh. you, Lanise? You know, you, you're Haitian born, as you, you talked to us about, and you mm-hmm. were adopted by a white family in mm-hmm. California. How has that experience shaped who we're talking to today? Well, it definitely gives me that global perspective. And I, growing up, I would always say that I was raised by wolves. Um, so people would have an idea that I'm coming with a lot. I'm a layered history kind of person. And um, therefore, I have a lot of different perspectives that will surprise you that you would have never guessed that a, a black woman would have. Like, I love anime. You know, I love comics, all of those things. <laughs> so, yeah, I now embrace the oddities that people might perceive in me, and I apply them to my art. And I've I've studied around the world, and I really embrace this multidimensional perspective that I have now. And I use that to propel any kind of vision that I might have for a project forward, because I know now that it is rare and it is unique in such a way that it it has high marketability, and it is something that the world needs to see. So now I'm confident about it. When growing up, I was very insecure about who I was, but I'm now stepping into the woman that I've always wanted to become and the confidence that comes from just owning, yes, my my mom is white. Yes, I've studied in six countries. Yes, I have uh, a degree from Harvard. All of these things I'm unapologetic about now, and, and that feed into my artistry in like a very positive way. Well, in the seconds I have left with both of you, give me one word. What is success going to look like for you in this new role? Linda, Denise, you first. Oh, my God. What does success look like? Breathing and moving forward. You know, I think COVID has really, I know I'm going beyond one word, (laughs) but COVID has really broadened the spectrum of success. What about you, Lanise? Well, my word for the season is flourish. I want to surpass thriving and just flourish. We've been talking with two of Chicago's newest arts leaders, Lanise Antoine Shelley of House Theater and Linda Denise Fisher Harrell of Hubbard Street Dance. Best of luck to both of you. I really want to talk to you again, and, and let's uh, talk when you get something back on the stage. And that's today's reset. For more coverage of Chicago's great art scene, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast and take 10 seconds to leave us a rating and a review. It really helps other people find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow. Tomorrow.